Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Oh, that wonderful worship and praise, which was just astounding and wonderful. And you know, that, that really plays in well to the, the beginning of my message here today because it's already been a delightful service. It's already been a lot of fun, honestly. The service of it, having that baby right there and uh, at the beginning, that just started off our service the right way. And having the, the, the kiddish with the fruit of the vine that, that the father... Uh, uh, said unto the Lord, giving thanks for that special child. Yeah, it's so interesting because it's such a contrast to how many people think of religion. I was talking to someone just this week, and we were talking about religion. This was, uh, this was a, a Jewish person who is uh, not yet a member of faith, and, uh, and he was raised very secularly uh, Jewish. And we, we, we were talking about this back and forth. We were meeting and it's so true, religion has gotten a bad rap, and for good reason, honestly. Religion, oftentimes, people think of uh, in not a positive light, religion. Some words that come to mind when I think of the word religion, you know, it's like religion. Let me go ahead and button up my jacket here. We're talking about religion here, and it's stodgy, rigid, legalistic, austere, stuffy, pompous, self-righteous, boring, <laughs> dull, no fun. That was my list. How about that? And I'm a clergy. <laughs> That's what I think about. Oftentimes religion, these are the words that come to mind. Religion. Man, that's it's no wonder that people don't want to be a part uh, of religion, so to speak. Uh, but, but truth be told, living a life following God is one of the most exciting things you could possibly do. Woo, man, I am telling you what. It is so contrary to all those words. I'm talking about a relationship with the living God, the creator of the universe, my goodness, Dainu, it's enough. You know what I'm saying? Just, just that alone. And, uh, and we, like to, we like to have fun. We like to have fun here at Bethlehem. God understands our need to rejoice and have fun. I'm going to tell you something that you don't oftentimes hear. Are you ready for it? God created fun. <laughs> How about that? Uh, you never hear about that. 
people are always talking about God in the most austere, stodgy, you know, almost mean-spirited ways. But yeah, God is, is, it's just a delight. It's so much fun. God's the one who created fun. Yeah, God laughs. I don't know if you know that. Now, yes, sometimes he laughs at us like, oh, oh boy. No, I don't even want to imitate. <laughs> That's not his laugh, I'm sure. The, the point is, he, he probably laughed at me right there like, wow, that was really bad. <laughs> Did you hear that? That was terrible. I don't sound anything like that. Do I, Gabe? Do I, Gabe? No, no, I don't sound anything like that. I, I, I understand. But, but, but you see, the Lord invented humor. You know, he's, uh, he, he, he put it in us, y'all. Okay, and so he enjoys smiling, if you will, celebrating good things that happen. It should come as no surprise that an integral part of the holiday time we've been in during this Purim season is fun. You know, we're just coming out of uh, Purim. Uh, technically, it just ended at sundown here tonight. You know, it's a, basically a two-day festival and feast. You all know the story of Purim. Uh, the, and, and if you, you know, we, we've already celebrated it twice in the last week. What well, we had our Purim party last weekend, which was great because, you know, we had some amazing costumes and a lot of fun and uh, the story and everything. And then we had a Purim service this past Wednesday night, which we read the, the story from the Megillah. Uh, and that was wonderful. Uh, but, uh, but as we're ending, the Lord was just giving me some things from the book of Esther that I wanted to share and relate uh, to you. But you all basically know the story of Purim. Uh, it was back in Persia, which is uh, modern-day Iran. And, uh, and the Jewish people were dispersed all over the, that area, if you will. They had been taken captive and eventually dispersed. And, uh, and there was King Ahasuerus and and. He was looking for a new queen, Esther, this Jewish uh, woman, became his new queen, although it was not revealed that she was Jewish. And, uh, and then later, of course, there was a bad guy uh, who did not like the Jewish people. Why? Because Mordecai, who was related to Esther, uh, would not bow down before him. And so he was really ticked off at Morty. And so he, he decided he was going to kill all the Jews. He got the king's initial approval. Uh, and then it was all set up, and Esther uh, was told by Mordecai, her uncle or cousin, depending upon your translation, uh, that she would need to go before the king to uh, basically plead for the life of her people. This is a really long story. If, if you want the full thing, either read the book of Esther or you come to the porn party or porn service next year. Okay, but in any case, to plead for the life of the Jewish people who were set for annihilation in a genocidal by this genocidal maniac, and, uh, and she goes to the king, and of course he puts out the scepter, and she pleads for the life of his people, and Ahasuerus is sympathetic, and, and through Esther, the Jewish people are all saved, and uh, on the gallows that he had built for Mordecai, hanged Haman. <laughs> good, 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 well done. First of all, you're in good practice because, of course, we've just been, you should be in good practice. Come on, after, you know, we've gone through Purim. If you're a visitor here, I have no clue what just happened. That's okay. Uh, they're not booing me, okay, just to be clear here. <laughs> in any case, so, so they were very excited uh, because the Jewish people were saved uh, through Queen Esther. I love the story for how powerful how powerfully God can use women 
in ministry. Uh, as a side note, it's a whole powerful story there. So, so anyway, on the 13th of Adar, that was the day our Jewish people were supposed to be destroyed. Instead, we had a great victory. So it was great, victorious uh, uh, a time here for the Jewish people who had escaped destruction. Uh, and, uh, and so we're thankful for that. Let's pick it up in Esther chapter 9. Esther 9, please. Excuse me. And so because the 13th was the day they were supposed to be destroyed, but they weren't, the 14th and 15th of Adar, the next two days, were set up as days of celebration, right? You know, uh, celebration. We, we joke about the fact that Jewish holidays, you all know the themes. They tried to kill us. We won. Let's eat. And we had some great hamantash in here, by the way, y'all. If you missed the Purim party, the Purim service for both events, we had hamantash and, ooh, it was delicioso, as they say in the language. Uh, <laughs> okay, Esther chapter 9. So let's hear about the celebration that is set up for the 14th and 15th, verse 20. Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, urging them to celebrate, Ooh, yeah, the 14th and 15th days of Adar every year as the days when the Jews got relief from their enemies and as the month when their sorrow was turned to, into joy and their mourning into celebration. These were to be days of feasting, celebration, and sending presents of food to one another and giving gifts to the poor. Skipping to verse 28. These days should be remembered and observed in every generation, by every family, and in every province and every city. These days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor their remembrance perish from their descendants." Amen. Y'all, wow. I want you to check out what just happened in our Holy Bible. A commanded pate. That's right. It's a commanded party. It's, it's explicit there. The two-day celebration. Don't let this cease. All your descendants forever. Don't forget this. Always remember these days. We're to celebrate how God saved us and how he turned our sorrow into joy and our mourning into celebration. So interesting. I find that so cool. To me, this says something about life, about life in general. You know, because friends, yes, there are hard times. Hello, We've had some hard times over the last couple years here in, in the United States, haven't we? We sure have. We've had some hard times. Perhaps you've had some hard times in your life at one time or another also. Perhaps they've been recent. Perhaps you're in a hard time now. But all of us at one time or another have had hard and difficult times in our lives. Certainly the Jewish people did back in Shushan. I mean, they, they were about to be completely annihilated you can't get much worse of a time than that. It's hard to even imagine. I mean, we're talking about mass genocide of our people. It's the worst thing 
right? We've had tough times. But friends, there have also been good times. You have also had good times. Times where we can see God's merciful hand. And friends, here's part of the message in here. Listen, Josh, you know, it wasn't like God said, the edict went out to destroy all the Jews, and so God said, oh, celebrate. No, 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 the celebration wasn't in that moment. No, the celebration was not then. That was a time to go fast, right? The fast of Esther, right? Go fast. And you pray for me that I'm going before the king. If I perish, I perish. I never got the lead role in the porn plays as a teen. I don't know. <laughs> That's not this kind of synagogue. Let's, let's keep going here. Okay. Times where we can see God's, and when we have times where we can see God's merciful hand, we should rejoice in them. You see, when the times are tough, fair enough, that's one thing. Hunker down, pray. Hunker down, pray. Fast, intercede, batten down the hatches, circle the wagons, however you want to say it, fair enough. But when times get a little bit better, celebrate. Take a moment. God is not against this. God is not so pious that he's beyond the fact that we should celebrate because he celebrates too. God is a God of celebration. Friends, if, if, if your religion never celebrates, find another religion. It's not the religion of our God. Luke chapter 15, please. Luke 15 in the Brit Hadashah. This should give you a certain liberty. This should give you a certain joy. Yes, we should have reverence in the house of God. I'm not talking about not having reverence. You're, if, if, if that comes into your mind, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying, what the point is, what celebration should be like, what it should look like. We'll talk more about that. Friends, God is a God of celebration. And no celebration is greater than when somebody who does not know God turns to God. That's the ultimate celebration according to God. He's celebrating like no other time. Friends, when God created us, he created us different than the animals, us humans, he gave us free choice. He gave us free will. We could decide whether or not we would follow him. This is the unique nature that God put in us with our souls. He gave us a choice. Why? Because he didn't want to make us automatons and, and robots that just did exactly what he said and never deviated because that's no relationship. No, he had to give us and he desired to give us and chose to give us this choice this, this free will to decide whether or not we would follow him. But you can imagine, like any parent who eventually will give their child a choice, how much it delights the parent when the child chooses what's good and right and chooses to love the parent back. Our Heavenly Father created all of us, and he loves us. He loves us all like any parent. But then when a child who was not loving and serving him before, finally says, yes, I'm going to serve you, oh God. God just goes, yes, yes, yes. He's so excited. And there's celebration. How do I know? 
Luke chapter 15, I'm glad you asked. Verse 10, it says, In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Wow, even one sinner who repents, there's joy in the angels in the presence of God. It should be interesting to find out when we get to heaven how angels have joy and celebrate. How do angels celebrate? I have no idea. What do they do? They, you know, like, you know, you could, you could come up with a number of things when we're happy. We might dance around, put off some fireworks, you know, sing a song. Maybe they do some of these same things. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's uh, the Aurora Borealis or the angels having fun. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, what, or, or what it is, you know, the, the twinkling stars. Who knows? The, the, the point is there's great joy when somebody turns to God. Why? Because God loves us so much. It's interesting because after he said this in Luke chapter 15, after he said, talked about the joy that he experiences and that the heavenly experience when a, somebody who does not know God turns to him, he goes on and explains in like two or three different examples. Yeshua tells us two or three different like examples just to illustrate how happy and God is when somebody turns to him, how much God celebrates. And, and one of the ways that God conveys his rejoicing, and he's explaining it, he's explaining it in a way that we as humans can understand it, is in the story of the prodigal son, which is just a few verses later. And in the story of the prodigal son, which is intended, Yeshua is intending to express within this how much joy and celebration he has when we turn to him. And in the story of the, of the prodigal son, of course, God is represented by the father uh, in the story. And, and you all know the story of the prodigal. If you don't, you can read it on your own. But essentially, a summary would be the son wanted to do things his own way, said, I want my money now. I want my inheritance now. He took his inheritance early, said, Dad, see ya. It's very deep in the Greek. You have to really read very deeply to understand that. Uh, <laughs> and he took off and he did things his own way and he lived the life of Riley and it was not good for him. And, uh, and then he ran out of money. And later, of course, when that money did run out and the worldliness lost its luster, what did he do? He came groveling back to his father. He came groveling back to his father. Let's pick up the story in Luke chapter 15, verse 18. What does the prodigal say? The prodigal son says, I'll get up and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your presence. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. Wow. That's a humbled man, y'all. That's a humbled man. But how did his father react when he came home? You know how he reacted. When he came home, verse 22, he, he, get, he, he came home and the father said this, but the father said to his slaves, quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And then they began to celebrate. Woo. 
Amen. Do you feel that? Do you feel mm, what's in the, the Father's kishkas? Do you feel the emotion that the Father has towards his Son? You know, one might say, what? The Father could have just said, fooey on him. He, he got his early inheritance, and it goes to show him, I told you, I told you, yeah, you come groveling back to me. Uh-huh, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe I'll, now, now you learn, now you learn, uh-huh. Now, this is, he didn't have this attitude towards his son, even though his son didn't deserve anything. He expressed great celebration. His heart broke with joy. So let's celebrate. God's, God celebrates over someone turning to him just like this. God celebrates someone turning to him much like we celebrate when we think about how we're saved during Purim. We're saved during Purim. We remember that you saved us. We were all about to be annihilated in a mass genocide, and yet you saved us, Lord. Thank you, and we celebrate. God celebrates. See, there's a dynamic here, the friends, that we need to tap into. It's something that's on the inside, something that's on the inside of us if you are part of the body of Messiah, if you have Messiah within you, that we need to understand that is there and is not only available to us, but is something that should be a part of our DNA. If I could put it this way, celebration should be part of your DNA. Whew. And here's the key, friends. Celebrating, oh, this is very important. This is going to really resonate with you, and you're going to say, yeah, I get this. I get this. This is, this is right. This truth is going to feel right to you also. But understanding it and putting it in context is going to make sense. Celebrating God's goodness to us is not a proud thing to do. You know, some might say, well, you know, you celebrate something really good that happens. Isn't that a little bit prideful? No, not as long as we give credit to him who saved us. That's the key, my friends. God celebrates when he saves us. Why? Because we are turning to him. Therefore, we thank God for seeing us through the pandemic we thank God for our home. Do you thank God for this, right? You thank God for your home. You thank God for your family. You thank God for a roof over your head. You thank God for a few shekels in the bank, whatever it is. But most of all, friends, we celebrate that we have a relationship with our creator and that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Whoo, yeah, you guys got it right. You're starting to celebrate with me. I heard a lot of them amens, okay. Oh man, you're right. See, that is something worth celebrating. No question about it. And so you have to ask yourself, and to look within yourself, do you have an attitude of simcha? Do you have an attitude of joy? Is there joy within your life? Friends, if you're lacking joy within your life, you're probably, your focus is probably a little off. I'm talking if you were a follower of Messiah. Man, if you are not a follower of Messiah, man, there's joy available to you beyond what you know. Because when your eternity is set and you're worshiping the one true God, there's something that stirs within you that can't be explained. It's so profound and so deep. 
But if you are because a follower of Messiah, sometimes the world can chisel away at your joy because it will distract you from, from, from the good things that God has given you. And listen, truly, fair enough too, there are times that are hard. We read about the good and the faithful brother of the prodigal son was not particularly happy to see how his brother was treated when he returned. The prodigal son had the brother, you remember, and the brother stayed faithful to the father the whole time. And when the son returned and the father treated the prodigal son so well, the brother was a little bit ticked off, didn't understand it. He didn't think that his brother deserved what his father gave him. And he didn't. That was not the point. His father addressed him. Verse 31, Luke 15, 31. What did the father say to the other son? Not the prodigal, but the prodigal's brother. Then the, verse 31. Then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and everything that is mine is yours. But it was right to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead, but has come back to life. He was lost, but is found. Mm. Mm. Friends, don't be like the brother of the prodigal in that, in that regard. Don't rain on somebody else's parade. <laughs> you know how some people do that. Some people just... Oh my gosh, friends, don't be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> all respect and love to any Debbies we have in here, okay? I, don't, I, I love you all, Debbies, uh, no, no offense, okay? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying there. Don't rain on somebody else's parade. Celebrate when others are celebrating. You gotta celebrate when other people are celebrating. Some people have this attitude, well, they don't deserve it. I deserve it. Okay, all right. Yeah, let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and put that bubble that's in your head out in public and see how that'll look. <laughs> see how that sounds when you read back your own thoughts on that one. Probably not so good. No, friends, listen, no, that's not the attitude we should have, brother. Is someone else doing well? Don't spite them. Don't envy them. Somebody else gets the new car, the new house, the new job, goes on the fancy vacation. God bless them. God bless you. Man, I'm excited for you. It was a good time. Praise God. I know that you had a good time. Rejoice with them. Like the Father said, it is right to celebrate and rejoice. It is something that's right to do. It's not a bad thing to do. It's not... No, see, here's the key. Friends, celebration comes in many forms and varieties. If I say the word celebration, it comes in many forms, many, it appears differently on who you talk to because celebration is a word that's used in the world as well, not just in religious circles. In fact, more in the world than it is used in, in uh, houses of faith. The world looks at celebration. If you say, if you, if, I bet if you did a survey and you ask your average Joe Schmo on the street, what does celebration look like? You know, just give me a couple words to describe celebration, or when you think of the word celebration, what do you think of? I bet people would say things like Mardi Gras, 
Mardi Gras, right? I, I, I'm sure. I, I thought about it. I thought that's one of the first things people say, Mardi Gras or, 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 or a New Year's party or a party when people get drunk, celebration. That's what a lot of people that, when you talk about the world, that's what a lot of people think of when you say celebration, celebration. Oh, it's going to be a big celebration. There's going to be a lot of booze. <laughs> Listen, that's not healthy celebration. That's oftentimes hedonism, self-indulgence. Here's the key. Connect with me on this. True godly celebration is always tied to gratitude. True godly celebration is always tied to gratitude. We heard the Combs family earlier say what? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam shehechianu v'kiimanu v'higianu Lazman Hazeh. Blessed art thou, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has kept us in life and has preserved us and has enabled us to reach this season. Friends, that's the Shehechianu. You will all know the Shehechianu. Our people say it oftentimes. And when is the Shehechianu traditionally said? In different branches of, of Judaism, it's said at different times, but it's almost universally said the first time we do a mitzvah. Oftentimes during the holidays, right? During the holidays, you'll hear us say that exact blessing. You'll hear it during Hanukkah. You know, many of the different holidays will say the Shehechianu. What is it? Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to reach this season. Thank you, Lord, for the joy. And you say it when something good happens. Our people say it oftentimes the first time we do certain things, even within uh, Orthodox Judaism, the Shehechianu is recited. The Shehechianu is a celebration prayer. It's a prayer of thanksgiving to God for allowing us to, to make it to this point, to see and experience whatever it is that we're experiencing. The Combs today, they were saying, thank you, God. This was out of their celebration, y'all. Thank you, God, that you have blessed us enough, I see that sweet baby in the lobby, that you have blessed us enough and enabled us to reach this season. Here I am with my family behind me, and I got this beautiful baby that you've given us. That baby was an answer to prayer too, wasn't it, Jeremy? He sure was. That baby was an answer to prayer. And here I'm holding this, this wonderful child. Thank you, Lord. It's a celebration. You see how the celebration is tied to gratitude. Thank you, Lord, I celebrate with the Shehechianu. Thank you for allowing me to reach this season. Yes, it's so beautiful. And, and, and out of that, and consequently, our people oftentimes will do the, and recite the Shehechianu each time, Cheryl, they do anything for the first time in like a year. It might be eat a new, a new fruit. They eat a new piece of fruit that's newly in season. It's been a year since they've had it before, the Shehechianu. They visit a new place they've never been before. Maybe go on a vacation, the Shehechianu. Seeing an old friend that they haven't seen for a year or two. They see them again, the Shehechianu. They have a birthday. Oh, Lord, thank you for allowing me to reach this season, the Shehechianu. They buy a house. They, they, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to reach this season. They say, the Shehechianu, do you see how the celebration is tied to 
gratitude and thanksgiving. Oh, it's so beautiful, my friends, because we celebrate by thanking God, which is what this family did here today and what all of us ought to do if we really tied into the gratitude that we should have. The celebration makes sense. As we're entering into this new season here at Beth Hillel, I am so excited about this new season we're having here. What is our attitude? As you're entering into new seasons within your own life, what is your attitude? We should be celebrating joyous that God has brought us to this season. It's worthwhile. It's worthwhile. Listen, friends, there are hard times. All of us do go through hard times. I'm not discounting that. I'm not saying well, if you go through hard times and you're no good or you're not a strong believer, that's not what I'm talking about. Everybody goes through hard times. Fair enough. I'm not saying be phony or be faux and, and, and pretend like you, you know, you're just all happy when, when, when you're going through a trial that's really hard. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that when things turn, celebrate it. Celebrate. It's worthwhile to stop and celebrate. Celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> if you're watching on the video, we just had seven people walk out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Psalm chapter 30, bail me out, David, bail me out. Psalm chapter 30, King David's going to bail me out. <laughs> hey, I like having fun. Good, all right, you're with me, you're with me. Some people think of God as this mean entity ready to catch us and punish us. That's so far from the nature of God. God isn't that kind of entity where he's just ready to squish us like a bug. <laughs> A lot of people think of God like that, right? Especially a lot of unbelievers, people who don't have a relationship with God. They see a representation of people of faith as, as mean-spirited, angry uh, finger pointers. And so they want nothing to do with that. And I understand that. I don't want anything to do with that, right? Not to say there's not holiness before God. There is. Don't get me wrong. But the point is, what is the nature of God? See, because all of us mess up, all of us mess up, we have to retain an attitude of humility when it comes to such things, and, and to put things in perspective, and to understand the nature of God, which ought to be our nature. Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, sing praise to Adonai, his faithful ones, that's you, and praise his holy name, for his anger lasts for only a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Skipping to verse 12. You turn my mourning into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. So my glory will sing to you and not be silent. I deny my God, I will praise you forever. Mm. Oh, boy, that felt good, right? You know, as King David understood almost better than anybody, there are hard times. There are hard times. And there will be hard times. I say God has brought us through this pandemic these last two years, and I'm so thankful for that. They say, oh, new variants coming. Listen, 
I, I don't discount that. I'm not saying to ignore it. I'm not, I'm not Pollyanna saying, oh, you know, everything's fine. There are hard times. I don't know what tomorrow brings. All I know is God's given us today. God's given you today, my friends. And then beyond that, there are times of correction. Hello. Sometimes God has to correct us. I've been spanked by God before. It doesn't feel good. It feels bad. There are times of correction, but God's favor is for a lifetime. His anger is only for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the... I don't know about you, but but really honestly, I have to remind myself of this sometimes. I'm being just very vulnerably straight with you. Sometimes I got to remind myself of this because it can be a struggle, right? It can be hard. Sometimes I struggle with that. When, when, I, when I'm thinking about, you know, all the different hard and difficult things that are going on, and, and it's easy just to kind of let it get you down. But we have to understand the big picture here, my friends, and God has the big picture in mind. It's a time of and for celebration. Look what God has done. Yes, friends, there are more trials to come. Yay. (laughs) But he has sustained us and brought us to this season. See, that is worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating when God has done this. Because hear this, my friends. We as a people rejoice and celebrate that we have been annihilated, that we've been saved from annihilation in Queen Esther's day. We celebrate that, and rightly so. Thank you, Lord. I celebrate that you saved us from annihilation. Praise God for that. But there's something even more everlasting that we who follow God have been saved to. This perspective changes the depth of our celebration. You talk about celebration. You talk about celebration. Listen to this passage from 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, if you'd like to turn to it. Even when you've gone through it, Even when you've gone through it, this passage reveals how we can and should celebrate if we are believers in Yeshua. I find this passage profoundly moving. Even in the preparation for my message today, uh, as I was preparing this week for it, man, I just reflected. I kept reading this passage because it's just, not only is it true, but man, uh, Yoel, it's so poetic. It's just beautiful literal, as, as literature to read and to, because you feel it. It's so well written. Uh, I, and, and I find it very moving personally and very meaningful. So let these words pierce your soul. No matter what it is that you've gone through. Maybe you've gone through something. If not, you will go through something. All of us do. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. In his great mercy, he caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Messiah Yeshua from the dead, an incorruptible, undefiled, and unfading inheritance has been reserved in heaven for you. By trusting, you are being protected by God's power, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. You greatly rejoice in this, even though now for a little while, 
if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. These trials are so that the true metal of your faith, far more valuable than gold, which perishes, though refined by fire, may come to light in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Messiah Yeshua. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you trust him and are filled with the joy that is glorious beyond words, receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Oh my gosh, I couldn't put that any better. Beloved, we greatly rejoice, greatly rejoice. We have a living hope, an unfading inheritance awaits us. Imagine the celebration in heaven. It's not going to be a whole bunch of miniature angels with harps (laughs) on clouds. Not dressed enough. (laughs) That's not what heaven is like, y'all. Heaven's going to be a total celebration. It's going to be a joy. It's going to be like something we've never, beyond our wildest imagination. And regardless of whatever trials we go through, we are filled with a joy that is glorious beyond words. The salvation of our souls. Chavarim, so much more than what the world offers us. That should produce ultimate rejoicing. Not based on circumstances, but deep, deep, deep and abiding. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, shehechianu v'kiyamanu v'higianu lazman hazeh. The title of my message is A Time for Celebration. Let's bow our heads. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, for what you've done and what you're going to do. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into their heart. Lord, if there's somebody who's never given their lives to God, but they would like to today. If you're here and that's you, just raise your hand. We'll have a simple prayer. And the Lord will touch you. You'll be changed on the inside, y'all. I'm, I can only tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you the truth. If you've never said that prayer but want to, just raise your hand and we'll pray together. Perhaps you're watching online and have never said that prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. Repeat the simple prayer after me and God will change you on the inside. And if you profess it before others, Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I accept Yeshua into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Forgive me of my sins, oh God, I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God. Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, oh, please send us an email. We want to celebrate, we want to celebrate with you. It's something I say that almost every week. 
Did you hear what I said? We want to celebrate with you. See, there's celebration beyond anything that we can even understand when somebody turns to God. Lord, I thank you for our congregation. Lord, I thank you that we have a congregation, Lord, that that likes to, to celebrate. We celebrate, Lord, because you have been good to us. You have shown mercy to us. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Passover is coming up next holiday. Dainu, Lord, it is enough. But yet more than this do you do. We have so many reasons to celebrate. Yes, there are hard times to come, and I'm not discounting that. Thank you for carrying us through our hard times, Lord. At the same time, let us learn, Lord, to have an attitude of joy and celebration, Lord, because you sustained us and have allowed us to reach this moment, Lord. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. Celebration, godly celebration is always accompanied by gratitude. Lord, I pray for anybody who's here who, Lord, really needs to celebrate more. Help them, God. Help them, Lord. Help us in our perspective. God, help us see a little bit of that big picture and the fact that as, as part of eternity, Lord, well, there's a lot to celebrate. Sometimes the moment is not easy, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you, oh Lord God. Lord, we love you and we give thanks to you with all of our hearts and bless you even today. B'Shem Yeshu, in the name of our Messiah Yeshua, we pray. And let us all say amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Light, light, light.